due to the, the organization because we had our doubts as well because the communication has not always been very good right yep. so the communication was quite on and off for a long time and then like a week or two weeks before hrh actually happened the mm. communication started to roll in like and like full time bands were dropping off left and right we even with the band were like fuck what are we gonna do we're, we at this rate we will be the only international band because you know hrh when we signed it we were playing with the bands that well, not me, but the rest of the band they grew up with that they're yeah. they're heroes. And Sifirim, your Bram is it's his favorite band of all time. Welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where you host Nathan and Brad. Here today we're joined by the boys in Vanaheim. How are you guys doing to start off with? Hey guys, how are you doing? We are doing great. I mean, uh, we're shortly before the album release uh, on this Friday, so we couldn't feel better, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I um, say the, the art is kind of one thing that I want to jump into with this new album, um, because I, f- I absolutely love the art in the, new, in the new album, especially. What sort of the creative process that you go behind with like, the art process of it all, like picking out what you want or like getting what you want created? Uh, what sort of the process with that so actually we are uh maybe a bit of problematic band in that sense because we <laughs> fully know what we always want <laughs> so <laughs> it can be quite difficult to work with us maybe in that regard right we're pretty i would not say like like so we're we're not super critical or anything in that sense but we especially with the album we really had this this everything just figured out you know from the video clip we we knew exactly how we wanted it to look to the artwork to the feeling of the songs to the imagery and uh actually uh, was it you mike that came with the previous artwork from julian uh yes yes exactly um uh i don't know if you guys know the band but uh, they also released uh i think last year end of last year they released their new album they're called dusk morn and they are from uh, the us um i saw their artwork when they released it and i was stunned i was really amazed by how it looks i was like this is one of the best artworks that i have ever seen in my life and then i I sent it to our drummer and he was like, holy shit, man, that really looks fantastic. And uh, yeah, I I thought, well, let me try to find out who actually made this. And I quickly found it because uh, the the band Duskmorn also posted uh, actually who did it. And uh, to my surprise, uh, it's a guy that even speaks my language. (laughs) He's he's from, from, uh, I don't know, south of Germany or uh, Austria, maybe. I cannot remember fully now. But yeah, this guy is called uh, Julian Bauer. And um, yeah, I was uh, sending to my drummer, hey, uh, I actually got the contact. Should I hit him up or uh, what should we do? And uh, yeah, he said, well, let's shoot him a message. And uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe he's too pricey, but let's see. Because we were expecting like, when you get this quality, you know, it will be massively expensive. But uh, yeah, I mean, his prices are absolutely fine for the quality you get and we were really surprised and it was basically an immediate go for us yeah <laughs> I oh think yeah it was the the fastest decision we have ever made in our life <laughs> as a band yeah yeah <laughs> i mean to be honest like looking at it it's completely worth it um it's a good job that you guys just you know went for it and so even though it might be a bit pricey the payoff is obviously much worth it so good on you guys 
Oh hell yeah! It's it's man. The the moment we 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 received the first uh, snippets and teases of it, it's we were like, oh, damn! It's <laughs> like holy moly! And and of course, as the band that we are, one of us already had, of course, some feedback on it. Yeah. Um Actually, uh, <laughs> it's a very stupid story, actually, but. Uh, in the band, we, we have, of course, you know, our vocalist. He is, I would say, I think together with Brum, our drummer, they are maybe the two more critical in the band, right? And uh, right. Zeno always finds something, right? It's always like when we do something and we send something or there is something delivered. Zeno is always the one who will find something to complain and bitch about. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually a few, I will, I will, so I hope you don't mind that, I will completely ruin the dream of the artwork for you now. But if you Stop, look closely <laughs> on the artwork, there's there's these birds. They're flying uh, at the village. And there's also birds on the mountain. And I don't know if Julian changed it on the final version, Mike, but those, those birds are in the same pattern. So, of course, those six pixels on that <laughs> entire album art is the first thing Zeno sees. Right? Instead oh, no of, way. Instead of <laughs> no seeing, way. saying like, oh, man, this is awesome. He's like, but those birds, they are, it looks like they are copy pasted. Uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> Who's command Z's these you birds? Pick is they're like, right, I'm not being funny, but those were copy pasted. It's like, it's, it's like, <laughs> I zoomed in, I checked out of that entire photo, they were copy pasted. It's like, those oh, six pixels, you know, it was unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, oh man, no, yeah, but we were, it went super fast. It's like, we, we basically, um so with all the people that we worked with for this album we uh kind of just try to give our vision and our impressions of what everything would be so we even to julian we send him in uh, a shitload of information about this is the story this is every individual song we sent him all the pre-production so he could get like a feeling for the atmosphere we sent him the lyrics uh and with uh, explanations of all the lyrics because they're of course in dutch uh they're in our own language and um hmm. yeah we send him this entire care package like we trust you this is the entire album, all the story, every important piece of the album, and just make something. And then no. he came up with this. And also, uh, while he, while he, uh, he was making the the artwork, he was also listening to our songs because we already had them in a kind of uh, pre-production stage, and we were sending him the song together with the story what Michael just explained and he was also uh, sometimes listening to the songs while drawing the artwork so he gets some oh, nice. also some uh, kind of inspiration from from the music actually I wonder if like many artists do that when they're making like album artwork if they actually listen to it while they're doing it or if they just sort of like take a base level of the concept and then just roll with it uh, it's mm. quite interesting that I think yeah. like yeah, I think it depends um, on what album it is, right? So if, you, yeah. for example, our album is really like a concept album. So we mm. wanted everything to, we just wanted the entire picture to be perfect. <laughs> and I think you kind of need for this, you need to be drawn into the story. You need to at least, you know, put some effort into it to learn the story and the feeling that that it, it's, you know, it generates. And yeah, I, I think it's it's necessary if you want to really do art for a concept album. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it, right? Definitely. Cause obviously, like, uh, oh, go on, bro. Go on. <laughs> right. uh, it's um, when when my band did our 
track. We remember the artist did the similar thing where he was like, oh, can I listen to the track whilst I make the art? And like, we had like, obviously, like, we didn't just go with one artist. We, you know, like sent it to a couple people. You really just wanted to spread our feelers out. First tracks were like, you know, let's just try to see what, what people come. We picked his because he actually listened to the music because most of the other ones didn't actually ask. Mm. Um, and like when he sent it to us, we're like, oh, that's exactly what the, the track sort of visualizes. Like we're there, like that's literally like bang on to what we wanted. So like it really does show that when artists do do that, they do really give a shit where they're like, well, if you're making, you know, like album art or an EP art or even a single art, yeah. I want to make sure that it's it's what it is it's on the, the cover, catcher, like, right? It's it's yeah. the thing, the first thing that people see to that sells your yeah. product. And yep. for us, it was, you know, maybe sometimes it's already a, a tough sell that we do it in our own language. But we, one thing of, for us that was so important that the mission from the start is that the the the, the concept had to be, yeah, like I said, already said, it had to be perfect and the album artwork it's the first thing that people see when you have the physical product in your hand it's like you see this picture you you already see oh okay there's a girl with a book there's like this giant huge giant in in carved mm. in the stone like something's gotta happen on this album you know yeah absolutely <laughs> they definitely go hand in hand that's for sure yeah. um so obviously you guys are a fuck death metal band um we know that you guys like to party so give me your like funniest tour story or funniest party story like what's just the craziest shit that's ever happened to you oh so uh, i already <laughs> well... want to well, I, I want to to break the illusion so we are really <laughs> the the the, uh, the most the most quiet uninteresting band when it comes to touring you know we are yeah we are with the four of us well on hrh and in the england uh, shows we were with five of course we had our uh, the violin player our guest Rika Linza, with us and she mm. perfectly fits in in that scenario as well with us we are uh, yeah. the four of us we we okay we do drink but we don't drink at gigs right so nothing happens there um <laughs> we like to have our eight hours of sleep so we are all kind of like little princesses in this uh yeah and we basically nothing happens to us when we are on tour we just the the worst thing that i think that happened is that the we were uh doing this tour with uh a well, weekender long weekender with uh um a band called Grimner. They are a, a folk. I've heard uh, of them, yeah. Yeah, a folk pagan metal band from uh, Sweden, and they are amazing guys. And they kind of embrace the tour life a bit more than us. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when we started to get in the car, you know, we, we we all eat cheese. We are cheese lovers, and especially Zeno, he's a huge cheese lover. So he decided to take take like this this Camembert cheese inside the car, and like, dude. We, we have to drive for like eight hours and now this entire <laughs> car smells like your nasty feet, unwashed feet. It's how this, this cheese smells. Um, and I honestly think, well, it's not the worst story. It's it, That's maybe the nastiest story that we have. I'm not joking. Well, maybe the toilets at Warhorns Festival though. That was maybe, yeah, Mike. It's, I can quite imagine. It's, well, there's yeah. this horror story that, that we arrived at, at it was at after our gig at Warren's, right? Before we left to go home, I think. Yeah. It, we went say? we went to the toilet and we opened oh, yeah. one of the toilet stalls and yeah. there was just 
you know what at festivals right when you have those those porter potties those yeah. portable toilets sometimes I can see where you, this is going. <laughs> you open them right and the entire the thing is just brown from the inside right so and then you look at it like how the hell did you manage to do this what happened here what happened here like yeah. someone's ass just exploded right and at <laughs> at warhorn's festival this was it was the, our first show in england so we were super hyped so we didn't know what to expect so we opened the stall and there's just this pineapple like in the toilet <laughs> and the the, the, me. the toilet lid was was broken off or something i don't know where it was but yeah. there was this pineapple in the toilet like covered in shit and there was shit everywhere around it uh, i think that that's probably the strangest thing that we have actually yeah that is quite strange yeah I lo- I, like, what happened there I actually, I think I saw the explanation to that. Uh, that I found a video on YouTube um, where it's a little snippet where a guy threw the ananas, uh, the, the, sorry, the, the ananas is German, uh, the pineapple uh, into the toilet, like how hard he could. Like, I smashed really it in shoo. it. Shoo! <laughs> and it was already, you know, full of liquids uh body liquids whatever <laughs> it was just full of it and he just smacked the pineapple into the toilet you know it splashed everywhere and yeah i think uh, that was actually yeah, what we, we, we saw. are we are such a boring band when it comes to this right we we you know we we even go as far as to have our our like um bed buddies right so when we go on tour we go somewhere i i and we have to share beds i generally sleep with mike and our ritual <laughs> is to do a little tea before we go to bed oh. right and and, cute, and we just and we just go on the blankets cute. and we sleep and bram as you know they're there they are always in a, in a share a bed together and and obviously when Rika comes she has her own room yeah. um and if i have to sum it up into one final thing um Oh, wait, there's one thing, though. Uh, maybe you remember, Mike. It was, yeah. I think, when we had the Airbnb in, maybe, was it Lille? Lille? Or it was in France or Belgium when yeah. we had the fart contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it was definitely in France, but I don't know where exactly. Yeah, so our drummer, Bram, has this unnatural talent. Like, he is gifted on the drums, but he is also gifted in controlling his finger. Right, so wow. this guy has <laughs> unnatural talent to control his buttocks, and he can like two instruments. Of, he can <laughs> fart on command, basically. That's what it comes down to. And Zeno, I don't know, he ate some cheese or something, and they literally had a fart off. And at one point, they had to Who stop. Be- uh, Bram always wins. Okay. <laughs> um, at, one point, at one point, they had to stop because, like, they both got. Like physically ill, they almost had to puke because of all the farting. <laughs> and, and seriously, that's that's the the stupidest thing that that happens to us. We we always, in a lot of cases, we see other bands doing some, you know, effed up stuff and seeing drunk bands, and we are always there. And like, yeah, we make maybe some happy music, <laughs> but no, we don't we don't join in this escapades. I mean, to be honest, like it shows that you guys are perfectionists. Like, you know, you want to make sure every show is going to be on point because there's a yeah. lot of bands that will just sort of get drunk every night. And then like you, you can tell from the performance that it's just not like a 10 out of 10 as it should be. Yeah. Um, so I think it's I think it's good. Obviously, when you're not on tour, I suppose you can go crazy. Like there's nothing at stake. You're not, you know, playing to an audience. You're not doing gigs like there's not as much on. But I think that's something to be sort of. I don't know, appreciative of that you guys put so much into your shows that, you know, that's not even in the equation. 
I think it's um, because we're all bits, or at least I am, when it comes to the technical side of our show, it's I'm really a control freak in the sense that I, I need to be able to anticipate when something goes wrong technically. So our live setup yeah. is, it's not, it's very, what I like about our bands that we are very compact. So we can travel in just one station car. We have not a lot of gear. We we manage to get our uh, yeah our, our technical stuff, the, the live rig yeah. to like very small i'm super happy with it and but it comes with the caveats that it's 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 a quite complicated one so uh i i i really don't want to be tipsy or anything because you know it the, the yeah the truth of the matter is that our uh live set cannot happen without our technical stuff it's we need yeah. a laptop for the click tracks and the backing tracks our in-air <clears throat> stuff is in it so we could play without the in-airs that's not a problem but we still have the backing tracks and that kind of accompanying stuff and oh man i would be i'm already i'm even when sober i'm already scared that the stuff doesn't work so um I think I'm kind of a control freak in that sense. And I know we are all super responsible people, even when it comes to driving, for example. You know, I, yeah. I know that when we do a gig and even there's a party, I know nobody would, would drink anything because yeah. everybody yeah. wants to be able to drive. So we are a really atypical, boring band in that sense. And uh, of course, uh, you know, when you're at Airbnb, you you pull, uh, you know, you pull open a, a nice old uh, whiskey or a bottle of wine or, or some beer and uh, that's it. But we we like to celebrate after the fact when we are home, uh, yeah. safe in our beds, and uh, we don't have to yeah have we. Th- there's even stories in the band with in in Vanheim with some uh, previous band members. Uh, the reason that they are not there anymore has nothing to do with mm-hmm. this, but uh, yeah. we had some some yeah let's say instances where things got a little bit out of hand where. Yeah. We were all, I think those were kind of eye openers for us. And we just yeah. kind of like, guys, let's make sure this shit doesn't happen again. We can party when we want, when we are home or at the Airbnbs or at the hotel. But let's just make sure that, you know, we get to the gig in one piece. Our stuff is there. You know, stuff's expensive. We mm. get to the car again and we go home. Then we know it's it's okay. Then you can go ape shit what you want. But just, you know, be a bit be a bit responsible. Mm. That's yeah. definitely the moral of our story and band, I think. So, yeah, also, um, I mean, it works for some bands, you know. I mean, some some people get very nervous before gigs and they might drink one or two beers and stuff. You know, sometimes it gets out of hand, or whatever. But I mean, for some band, it, it, bands, it works. For us, it clearly doesn't. But also, very important for me is like, when we do these weekender shows where we have like uh, two or three gigs in in a row on a weekend um these are actually one of the or a few of the rare occasions where we are where we are able to have gigs you know and i really want to experience it like fully and i'm a guy that doesn't drink uh, alcohol anyway but um if i would do i still didn't want to flush it away you know i really want to yeah. experience it i want to i, I want to live it you know, because you have this this very moment on stage where you have the crowd and uh, the band on stage exchanging, I don't know, vibes or energy. And I think that's very special. And I really want to keep that um, important for myself, because uh, this is also one thing that really motivates me to, uh, I don't know, keep keep the music going and keep uh, life playing going because yeah, it's, and- it's just a, a huge fun. 
the audience can yeah. do what they want. Uh, it helps yeah. if they consume alcohol, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then the job becomes a bit easier for us, uh, of course. But uh, I had some traumatic experience with my previous band that made me uh, just have an aversion, I think, from mm, a lot of alcohol consumption in a band. You know, you play the biggest gig of your life and... 30 minutes before your set, uh, half the band is still uh, puking backstage, not knowing if they can do the gig. You know, the biggest, biggest gig you will ever have in your life. And yeah, that just made such an impression on me. I was like, guys, please let this band be just a bit normal. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. De- like as well, I couldn't not imagine work like actually playing on a hangover because like, I've only, I've, I'm only 23, so I've only just started getting them really. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, but I can't really function like it, after <laughs> I, that's why like this year I, I even said to Brad and I was like I think when it comes to drinking I'm just going to calm it down a little bit because yeah, like yeah. towards the end of like last year I just kept going out you know like you know people wanted like after lockdown everyone went yeah let's go on a night out I'm like yeah let's yeah. go <laughs> and like it, I got it, I found that every Sunday I'd wake up and I'd be like it feels like it just gets worse each time. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't get easier when you get uh, older. Believe oh, me. man. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, uh, you, sh- you should have some fun. But yeah, it's... As to, Moderation. It comes with its, exactly. It comes with yeah. perks. It's yeah. do's and don'ts. And uh, you suffer the consequences. Uh. Yeah, I-, I think like Bloodstock were easily like the worst. I think for everyone. Because I remember Brad had sunstroke. Oh, right. as well uh, as the hangover. Oh man, that's a they had to put him in like a. Well, they had to put him in like a little tent with fans. I remember him waking up because he's like that weird experience. Brad like, Brad like, oh yeah, you know, uh, why don't you vlog it from mm. Headbangers? Like, yeah, yeah. The one clip I got was Brad telling me to fuck off like, <laughs> many times. I was too much. Was like, this was like half an hour. Stroke, like. This was like half an hour after I was there in like the Iron Man position, just throwing up on the floor. Like it was just absolutely chaotic, but it was really incredibly hot that weekend. And I, I don't know something just came over me. And the first two days, I was just absolutely comatose. Oh man, yeah, you know, alcohol consumption, especially loads of beer with just drinking not a lot of water and then heat the sun straight on your that face. That was it. It's a deadly combination. It's uh, yeah, it just sucks. Yeah, it, yeah it, right. it, 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 I feel like that was a. That was a very like next year. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna yeah, take and it. Bloodstock <laughs> is actually somewhere we really want to go. So we have our like our bucket list. We want you guys there. Come we on, have our bucket <laughs> list right in the UK. So uh we had Warhorns. Well, the year after we had well, the year after, well, yeah. Uh, it was planned. It was planned, but yeah, Corona came to destroy the party. Yeah. So Warhorns, then we had HRH. So the next logical step would be to go maybe bloodstock, you know. Um, and we have a with the thing is. The strange thing is, and uh, I, I don't want to, you know, if any of our Dutch fans are listening, I'm sorry I'm saying this, but we actually don't really have a big fan base in the Netherlands. So yeah, no. this this past weekend, we actually uh, uh, went to Germany to Mike with the entire band to do uh, all the manual labor, so to say, to do all the orders. So we see where everything comes from, right? All the pre-orders, yeah. people that bought a shirt and all that stuff. And we were actually surprised that uh, we still had some orders from the Netherlands, of course, but... Uh, percentage wise not that much so we start to be even a bit more international band uh, so as you know in Bram they live in the Netherlands uh, Mike is obviously in Germany and I'm now yeah. living in Belgium so we have this little triangle Yeah. Um, so we see our fan base getting a bit like 
like we have surprisingly uh, a lot of fans in Belgium, um, mm-hmm. but the, the UK tops it off. And um, absolutely, holy moly! Like I've I've done with my previous band, I've done gigs that that are uh, in size. They're they're you know a lot bigger, a lot bigger than H or H, but. And I tell the guys this every time I've never been in a band where I've had such appreciative fans, this entire scene, right? I, I come mm-hmm. from a death metal scene. My previous yeah. band was a bit like modern death metal. So a mix of yeah, death metal, metalcore and deathcore. And I never listened to folk metal or pagan metal or anything before I joined Vanheim. They actually thought it was a joke that I applied as a guitarist for them um, <laughs> because they knew me as this, you know, that this, technical death metal guy i only listened mm-hmm. to bands like archspire and the faceless and you know the three uh, 230 bpm blast beat stuff and there there i i played wakken with my previous band in 2014 and uh it was we were finished and there were people and they were cheering but they were there to be there or something and mm-hmm. every time we play with with Vanheim, even if it's a when you, on the, the the friday we played in the metal monocle a very small bar and and yeah. it was packed uh, leicester yeah yeah leicester it was really packed and <clears throat> god damn the the just the enthusiasm the the people even the support band forlorn hope yeah man those those everybody is just so so nice you know i i i the death metal scene where i came from people were just you know arms over yeah. each other oh, yeah. oh man that blast beat was not in time oh, oh he played a <laughs> wrong note and elbows and, out elbows out yeah and uh, right and mm. and hey i'm <laughs> i'm not the, the world's best guitar player i will fully admit that and uh but you know even when i fuck up sometimes or make a mistake or anything it's everybody's just there to appreciate you appreciate the music and just appreciate that you 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 spent your time to mm-hmm. try to entertain yeah. people right and holy moly it was an eye-opener for me to to see the scene it was a scene i always made fun of oh there's those three hugging hippies again right <laughs> you know, with the the, the the horns and everything going to those 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 pagan festivals uh uh and, you know and i think what the fuck these losers and then yeah, I just, I've got such a blow to my face when I joined this band. And uh, it really, uh, I, uh, we appreciate, and I personally had such a big development personally as a, as a person being someone that was always uh, fairly negative uh, with the influence that came from the, the, the band I was in and the scene yeah. I was in every gig just felt like we're doing the same rodeo again, you know? Uh, and now to man at, after HRH it's it, it was unbelievable. unbelievable well I can say from a fan's perspective like you guys were absolutely incredible like out of all the bands that I saw that weekend you guys were the best and the best thing was we got to see you guys play twice as well <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to talk about um obviously HRH Vikings like yes, yeah. um obviously coming from a fan perspective like we were all wondering whether it was actually going to happen because like there was a lot of bands dropping out you know, a lot of things were changing, a lot of updates on HRH's side, not to disrespect them, but I feel like the communication could have been a tiny bit better. Oh, yes. Um, but I want to know from your guys' perspective, like, how was it dealing with the restrictions of getting over and, like, that whole process of actually getting there, being on stage? Just talk to me, all things HRH. 
So first of all, to start, like I can ramble for hours. So interrupt me if I just I'm yapping until interrupt. Uh, go ahead, man. Go, go ahead. for it, man. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> dude, H for H was it was actually like Russian roulette till the very last moment. <laughs> oh um, yes, wow. oh yes. So no no disrespect or anything to the organization of H for H. So the moment we got there, we were treated as I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast, but we were no, treated. No, we, we swear. Don't we? We, yeah, we, we, we got were... it marked as explicit, so it's all right. okay. <laughs> like... We were treated like fucking royalty there, yeah. and not yeah. a oh. joke. Like, yeah. dude, the the organization because we had our doubts as well because the communication has not always been very good, right? Yeah. So the communication was quite on and off for a long time, and then like a week or two weeks before HRH actually happened. The mm. communication started to roll in, like and like full time. Bands were dropping off left and right. We even with the band were like, "Fuck, what are we gonna do? We, we, at this rate, we will be the only international band." Because you know, HRH when we signed it, we were playing with the bands that, well, not me, but the rest of the band they grew up with. That they are yeah. their heroes. And Sifirim, your Brom is it's his favorite band of all time. Uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I believe why he started to, to drum as well. And Klani yeah. was on the bill, you know, I think even Skyforger, Metzatol. Metzatol is a huge yeah, inspiration yeah. for Gino. Yeah. So when we were signed to HRH, the guys were like, what? Holy moly. <laughs> right? Holy <laughs> yeah. fuck. And, um, and of course, our friends from Grimner as well. And, um, and, and so we were f- super stoked. Then Corona came to ruin the party. And then, you know, we were like, oh, fuck, we have to go to HRH next week. Uh, what do we do? Because the travel restrictions were uh, even worse at this point. Yeah. Yep. Um, we had everything arranged. So we got in the car, just like, guys, fuck it. We're just going to do it. And if we are stopped at the train, because we took the Eurostar, if we are stopped, yeah, we'll just, we'll see. We'll see at that point. Fucking yeah. YOLO, right? Yeah. Uh, we get in the train. We fill out. We filled out a million forms. Literally, we had to sign. Forms oh yeah, it's a fucking pain of, in the ass, isn't it? We had to yeah. get um like a quarantine uh, exemption as artists. We had to. Yep. We had PCR tests delivered to our Airbnb. We it, the list was endless, and um, but we were like, nothing is gonna ruin this party for us because we have some very dedicated fans in the UK and. On all the posts of HRH, no joke, we saw that like people like God, Van Heim this, Van Heim that, and people were like, "Oh, we still hope it's happening. Oh, we're, we're excited to see Van Heim." Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> obviously, we did something correct at Warhorns, but um, we we just don't we just don't want to let people down, and we really went as far as we could. So we arrived at HRH, everything fine and dandy, treated like royalty. Really, um, we already opt. We we did a suggestion to HRH actually the week before HRH like hey yeah. we see bands are dropping off left and right we can play a second set on the Sunday if you want like we want to support you as well uh, this festival is amazing mm-hmm. and let us do something in return we are there anyway so yeah that's that's not? what I said we are there anyway and why not play a second set I mean obviously we have a new album coming up and this will be one of the first shows where we actually play it so. We also could play it twice, you know, if people want to see it. <laughs> yeah, and and even it was like awesome. not, you know, not financially motivated. Even just like we are there, fuck it, yeah. you know, take us and uh, <laughs> do with us what you want. Um, so yeah, at HRH we are treated as as royalty. Seriously, uh, nothing bad uh, uh, about that. The venue was amazing. Um, 
what can we say? The first set, yeah, it, it was uh, super good, of course. Uh, uh, even though I preferred the... Oh, wait, no. The first set, yeah, was on the main stage. It was very good. Yeah. But I preferred the second set uh, much more. People mm, were already warmed up for it. Yes. And uh, the changeover was hell because we had to basically... We, we, we finished at the main stage, go to the second stage and start playing immediately. So it was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. so, some of us were taking a piss. Some were taking water. And it was like, where is everybody, guys? And eating the last <laughs> batch of uh, vinegar something chips because we actually <laughs> didn't eat the whole day yeah, yeah we, we, we didn't, didn't eat a, th a single thing so <laughs> yeah it was, <laughs> it was pretty uh, exhausting playing uh, two shows on an empty stomach was uh, oh. a new experience for us oh, as well man. um and yeah, man our it's gotta be tiring uh, oh yeah 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 i think we never felt tired uh ever um yeah but the, the second set was much more intensive as well it was people were just they were just, uh, they were there to party. They were so happy and uh, we were happy as well, but I already felt my neck. <laughs> but uh, uh, we, because we give everything in one show and then we'll see what the consequences are after. Uh, yeah. We don't care. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, you know, but okay. So to finish the story, to wrap it up, uh, the two sets were amazing. The, you know, we sold literally almost all our merch um, at mm. HRH. It was unbelievable like we uh, uh, merch was arranged by the venue so they sold it for us and then we they took a cut and at the end of the day we go to them they say yes oh you've sold so much stuff uh, blah, blah blah and um we go to the merch at the end of the day and uh this late the lady the merch lady comes to us and she says uh, do you want the good news or the bad news yeah we didn't actually <laughs> we, you know we didn't expect anything like yeah. we didn't expect any sales or whatever uh, whatever but yeah then the story comes Tell yeah it. so she said <laughs> okay the good news is your car will be a lot lighter when you go home because uh, you have uh, we sold a lot of merch I thought, okay so what's the bad news yeah the bad news is we have to transfer you the money because it's so much that we are not allowed to give it <laughs> oh, to wow. your cash <laughs> so, that's amazing that's you know cool. yeah. you're like what we this album we do it independently everything we do with Nine we do independently so we put a shit ton of our own money into this album because the production yeah. was not cheap um so hearing this was uh <laughs> very very nice to hear because it means yeah. we can get our let's say initial investment back uh well not completely but uh, a part of it mm. so that was and the fact that <laughs> people enjoyed us so much that you know all the merch was gone uh we, we we have some t-shirts left, but that's it. And we we ordered girlies. Well, bye. Uh, <laughs> after H after we were finished, we we just went to a Chinese restaurant. We ate some food, and uh, the day after, um, well, we come back at the Airbnb to, to finish off the story. And um, I'm still on the couch with with uh, Bram. The rest was already in bed, and Mike was taking a shower, from what I believe. Mm, yeah, could be. And uh, we were uh, <laughs> doing the. Uh, yeah, I remember it when you take showers, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were trying to book the train back, or well, at least we already oh, had the shit, reservation, yes. but oh. we had to activate the reservation. So Bram is on the couch doing this. Bram is our like our project manager. He manages most of yeah. the the he manages a lot of the financial aspects, but also a lot of the the arranging aspects and logistics aspects of the band. Uh, he is mm -hmm. also a wizard in this. 
and we call him uh, sorry we call him excel master yeah he's he's <laughs> like a spreadsheet whore it's crazy um, and it's also have i imagine oh man yes yes yes, yes. Uh, we know every euro that comes in and out of the band um <laughs> so brom is on the couch uh trying to get these, these uh, reservations to finish and it says uh upload test results i'm like what the fuck uh next nope next nope so i check on my phone oh travel restrictions so the day we played hrh france updated their travel restrictions from the uk so like we cannot get back home now uh unless we do unless we do a test uh on the sunday so and it has to be official one so like fuck okay where are we gonna do a travel test now everything's already fully booked what the fuck are we going to do? Are we stuck here? So we found this test site in a mall somewhere. Uh, it was, I believe, somewhere around London or something. I don't really remember. Oh, yeah. It was fully panic. And we arrived there in time. And there was a line from the beginning of the mall till the end of the mall. Because they worked with time reservations. But every idiot could just go there and take a yeah. test. So the entire system didn't make sense. <clears throat> and we only had one hour to take our train. So... So we were waiting, I think, for one and a half or two hours there. Then we had to do our tests. Then we had yeah. to get the results within three hours. We already late for the train. So we managed yeah. to get one of the last trains to, to make it a bit more dramatic. Uh, we, we were still able to board the train, but oh, it was like a little panic attack. But it didn't break the spirit. HRH was fucking amazing. <laughs> and we just want to come back to the UK. It's... <clears throat> I I also want to share like two little things that were, that are maybe a little bit funny. When we, uh, on oh. our on our way to the UK, you know, and at the border to the Euro train, you know, they were checking our passports and stuff, blah blah mm-hmm. blah, blah. So there was this this older guy. He opens ah. the the window, you know, of the control box thingy where he's sitting in, and he takes our passports. Then uh, he says, uh, can you re- remove your mask, please, so I can see your face? And he was like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Mm-hmm. He points on me and he's saying, hey, wait, your mustache is pointing the other way around. I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I get you. <laughs> but then then he, uh, he said, yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, uh, what are you actually doing in the UK? And we are like, yeah, we are playing a gig or two gigs, you know? But um, it's they they only uh, cover our uh, travel expenses, so we don't earn a lot. Blah 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 blah. And then he said, mm-hmm, "Okay, uh, do you have your tests, uh, your uh, your PCR tests booked for the UK?" And we were like, "Yeah, everything is arranged and booked." And then he closes the window. He's, he uh, he starts um, picking calling. up the phone, yeah. you know, and he's fo- fo- calling someone. We were like, "Oh, dude, no, please." Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. He opens the window again. He asks us something. Do you remember what it was, Michael? Well, I don't know. He, he, again, he asks something and he closes the window again. <laughs> we see him like calling, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, he opens again and says, okay, you're fine to go. Yeah, but <laughs> what, you, what you forgot to say is that uh, um, we were allowed to go because the, uh, the guy on the phone also didn't know it. Or something. There was something about a rule, but the guy yeah. on the phone also didn't know what was the rule, so we were just allowed to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> lucky break, <And>, lucky break. <laughs> and our drummer uh, Bram, 
he really thought they will uh, pull us out, you yeah. know, just after the train. So when we're in the UK, they're like, okay, we still get these guys, you know. Yeah, we're going to get, uh, <laughs> get anal probed. Yeah, yeah and he said, <laughs> well, guys, I, I only believe it if we are on the highway, you don't know, to Israel. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's crazy, though, because those travel restrictions, most countries are now scrapping them. Like, just like after like a month, like a couple months of it, they're like, uh, we, you know, like given the research, turns out you don't really do much. Yeah, I, but I, <laughs> I, I do fully understand why so many international bands has, have cancelled because everything yeah. was just yeah. such mm. a shitstorm. Like yeah. we were still lucky because we could go by car, right? It mm -hmm. was an excruciating drive, but we always we always drive. If we can drive, we drive. Yeah, and yeah. if you would come with a plane and everything, gee, man, it would. It, I under, totally understand why every international band cancelled. Totally. We'll and say, and yeah. then, then we're not even talking about the costs, eh? because, you know, to be transparent, we spent 500, uh, I think it was 500 euros on only Corona tests, right? Wow. That's already most of your, your fee, of, yeah. you know, that is your fee of a gig. <laughs> so yeah. basically the gig that we did at the Metal Monocle, it paid for our PCR, PCR tests. Test. So yeah. eh, just a bit of transparency. It's um, I understand why bands dropped out because these costs is, they're stupid. That is totally right. an eye opener. Like, because I always wonder, because for example, like, I went to holiday in December and I was just going to crack out to see my girlfriend because she goes over there for, in the holidays. Mm. Um, and even that for me was like 120 pounds worth of COVID tests. So I'm just like, I wonder mm. what this is like for bands. I'm like, I totally oh. get why so many. Now you know. <laughs> said, no, nah. yeah, it's, it's incredible. <clears throat> weird. It's, it's, yeah, it's just not, so we don't do this. Okay. We don't do, do this to really make money. We do this to get our, you know, we would like to still earn our money back at one point yeah. for the album. Uh, but yeah. so, and, you know, we like to have our gas paid and let's be, you know, we have uh, basically no complaints about, about uh, anything. We never complain. Um, the fees are always more than fine. We never complain. Um, but those 500 euro of Corona tests, that was a, that was a gut punch. Uh, it's, you know, we're like, fuck, well, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. And and it, I know it it paid itself back with all the new support that we have. We we yeah, sold a lot of pre or even we sold even a lot of pre-orders of the album. So, mm. you know, it's uh, it, it was you know H R H is amazing. Uh, England is amazing. We we love to play there. Uh, we cannot wait to get back. Like I want to have like this. You know, in your agenda, you can have this repeating schedule. Like every year, UK would be very nice. Um, oh, at, nice. Least, <laughs> at least every year. Yeah, that'd um, be amazing. It's, uh, I feel it's, like the UK is the best place to sort of play for most bands. I feel like, like I always say, they say this because I think like people over here, like in the UK, we don't really take ourselves seriously. And when we're drunk, the the basically there's no there's no boundary. So like when there's when mm. there's a gig, like everyone just goes crazy. Like mm. already, like sober, like British people just don't really give a shit. The two shits about most things. <laughs> I yeah. Know. You, right, you, so that's when when people get drunk, they just go more mental. <laughs> you really see it uh, depending on where you play. The audience is really different, and yeah. um, oh, yes, it's actually crazy different. Uh, uh, the, the the behavior of people, their spending habits, their their the ways of communication, talking, approaching or not approaching yeah. people. It's totally crazy. And and for me, up till this day, it's not that we're on an you know English podcast, but really in in the UK. The, it has been the 
the most cheerful, positive uh, mm-hmm. crowd we we have ever had. I think uh, it's just, the people are just they're open, they're the, the appreciative. Vibe is, the vibe yeah, is yeah. amazing, and um, even in these shitty Corona times, even when for a lot of people, you know, I can understand. I heard a lot of people complain, like, yeah, you know, the bill is completely different of what it is, what it was. You know, there's. Mm there's almost no original band on it anymore. Uh, I think maybe us and one or two bands were the only original bands left on the bill. Mm-hmm. And people were just, even under these circumstances, a lot of people showed up and everybody was still happy. Like what more do yeah. you want? I mean, to be honest, like, you know, I absolutely love that weekend. You know, I think the same mindset as a lot of people that went, you know, you you did a, a week of work, you, you're tired, like you can't be asked. You want to like, you know, release yourself over the weekend. You get there, everyone's dressed up as Vikings and stuff. And then mm. all you guys are playing amazingly. The atmosphere is electric. Like, I think all those components added together just made it like such a great festival. It's my first time going and like you guys, along with the other bands, has completely made the weekend and it was absolutely incredible. So, please do Bloodstock. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we we have. A, I might DM a, them to get tell them to get you. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Do that. Do that. Absolutely. Do that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's how it works. Uh, when a festival organizer gets bored of hearing our name, that that means everybody has done their yeah. job. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll harass them just like copying paste in your name. <laughs> exactly. And no, but that's actually how we we managed to get some shows, right? So yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll sorry. You know, I think that was also a contributing factor at HRH. Also, our performance at Warhorns, it was, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. a big contributor. Mm-hmm. But uh, people just spamming our name everywhere, it it helps. And we have a dear friend of ours, uh, Abby. She she also, from Abby Stabby Art, she's constantly spamming us everywhere. So, <laughs> so yeah. you know, we're getting <laughs> spread around in the UK. So that's very nice. Um, and like I said, it really was... HRH for me was, uh, as I said it to the guys as well, it was the best, maybe not performance, but the best gig as a band I've ever had in my life. It was, it was a blessing. I've done a lot of gigs and this was the absolute highlight of, like, this was to me a bigger highlight than Wacken Open Air, right? So, a lot of bands, they dream of playing on Wacken, but this stopped Wacken for me. Uh, Absolutely. It, yeah this, also this is what we wake up for right <laughs> also the fact uh, you have to imagine you you write on an album and you are in the process uh, for the album for like four years you know then you're uh, actually have the schedule to play a festival like hrh vikings and then it, it doesn't happen because of corona and uh, mm-hmm. it, it gets shifted but you're still you know you're still in the album process and everything builds up and you're closer to the release and at some point we just decided okay if we are if we are playing hrh we will play the new songs you know and this yeah. we had in our mind for months and months and months and then when we actually get the chance to really play the show with the new album you can you cannot imagine how you feel actually on stage playing the new songs you know with uh, with all the work behind it that you the time that you have spent all these four years you know um mm. you can just release it oh i'm and, not ashamed to admit that i cried after the first uh, and second set just the emotional yeah uh, explosion was the it everything just the album process has not been always very straightforward the album yeah. process has been uh, sometimes a fight even within the band we had some pretty heated arguments um we survived as a band and i'm thankful for that 
every day. Uh, we managed to do it. I think we went through a process where most bands would just have split up and said fuck you to each other and never see each other again. Absolutely. And it yeah. was it was not easy. Um, yeah. But after HRH, especially when we had R- uh, Rikke doing the violin, you know, the first time I did rehearsal at her, we did uh, a private rehearsal together. Uh, we were finished playing. I just started crying and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, <laughs> yes like I i'm, ha- I'm this, happy this is the, the, the last four years we've been working on this i finally hear it come to life yeah and after the hrh gig as well like i just i i, I wept away a little tear it's it's your your little the thing you've been working on for four years it's mm-hmm. it's it's there it's finished people were excited <laughs> you know people were rowing what more do you want the payoff rowing, yeah. yeah hey rowing people that's the sign they know you did something correct yeah <laughs> Definitely, definitely, because I I understand that feeling as well. Because like, obviously, I didn't get to play a gig, but when we I released my the first track with my band, like that mm. took two years. We were banned for two years before even like releasing the first track. So I remember when I released it, and I saw like musicians that I looked up to being like, "Oh, really like that? This is this is sick." Sharing it on the stories and like getting like getting a lot of attention. I felt like quite emotional as well because it's like it's two years of your life that you've dedicated or four years of your life that you've dedicated to this one thing mm. you've wanted to get it done and you've wanted to ha- know what people think about it other than you know your own internal bandmates so when you do get that feeling yeah, yeah. like it was well worth it, it. it it's it, something all maybe, the arguments are worth it like, it's, it's maybe something that's not talked about enough you know it's uh, uh people should never be afraid to to show their emotions in this because it's a huge emotional investment you know uh, uh we spent ungodly amounts of hours on this stuff and and even behind the scenes and that's something that of course people don't see when you play your show it's one hour right and yeah but it takes four years of excruciating work to prepare that one hour on stage and it comes with a lot of emotional investment a lot of you know like in the uh, past four years like a lot of shit happened not only corona but to every everyone in the bands you know life-changing mm. events i i've i met my girlfriend at a gig with van heim in in uh, brussel uh, at this point uh, almost four years ago uh you know i moved countries even though it's only belgium still you know i moved countries yeah um uh Zino uh, finished uh, studies you know Bram switched jobs had some unfortunate things happen in his familiar circle and his family uh you know Mike uh, had also uh you know some stuff happen it's yeah uh, you know four years is a long time <laughs> yeah no, it took me it took this took me uh two years <laughs> now let's say one year <laughs> so imagine four years but um yeah, uh, it's just uh, everything came to an excruciating halt with Corona. But I, uh, we are kind of lucky that there was Corona because it made us able to work much more on the album. Yeah. Uh, so well, with every downside comes a positive upside. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, we had more time to work on the album. But uh, I mean, it's fair enough to say that uh, it it goes for all of us in the band. Uh, for the last two years, we basically had no life, man. Yeah, it was crazy. Absolutely yeah. not. We we worked on this freaking album like you know day in day out. Sometimes in the night, whatever, when we had time, you know, after work. Well, it's our own really fault exhausting. because we want. It's it's our yeah. own fault because we we Absolutely. are. We know exactly what we want. Wanted yeah. right. Yeah. So. Uh, it and to get 
exactly this you we needed to invest time we learned a lot of lessons we learned how to work more efficiently how to record more efficiently how to get ideas like an orchestration more efficiently like you know his laptop already blew up three times during the process <laughs> uh, loading all the orchestrations it's you know uh um it's the timeline has been uh has been hardcore but next friday or uh, even this Friday, actually. Yeah. yeah next Friday. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. shit finally comes out and um, the world can enjoy it for what it is. And yeah. onto new horizons, onto uh, new ideas where I was actually very. Well, the first thing we said, one of the first things we said was like, okay, this almost released Friday. We're going to take a six month, you know, creative break because everybody's just burned out <laughs> with this, uh, with this band <laughs> and the album. <laughs> And actually, in the drive home, Mike, I don't know if, you, if I told you in the drive home with uh, Bram and Zino, driving back from Germany. Uh, yeah. Zino was already like, oh man, I have so many ideas. Oh man, uh, I'm already thinking about a new concept and uh, yeah, I have so many here, melodies and ideas. And, and Mike as well. We're like, yeah. okay, well, that six month break is going to be a lot shorter, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> More like a six minute break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy because I, I feel like um, there's, there was like, as shit as the two years were with Corona, there was also a lot of positives. I I think, yeah. like for, yeah. especially for like particularly like me and Brad, like with this podcast, we mm. got we got to speak to a lot of musicians, but as well as like we got to like so like almost socialize, like where people were like, oh, you know, it it will really get into me not speaking to people. I'm like all the way through that pandemic, I was speaking yeah. to people every night, we're just speaking it's to people like, around the world, around the world, around the metal constantly. community. Just That's everyone. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was <laughs> things is like. I feel like it, it, for me and Brad, it gave us a bit of a kick up the ass to sort of go, right, we want to make this podcast as good as possible and we want to interview more bands. We want we want every band from you know, like whatever size to where, from wherever they are mm, to be able to yeah. have like a platform to come on, talk about like what they've got going on, but also show, you know, like who they are as people. And yeah. like Corona were just like, we're like, right, no one's touring. We need, you know, like the, we can ask people now, you know, like we can yeah. just go, look, have you got five minutes? And just get them to jump on, like, and it worked out really well. And, you know, we've gotten a lot, we've had a lot of experiences that we wouldn't have had if we didn't have that pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So I tried to see the silver lining in that. Oh, of you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have spoke right. to as many people. Like, I've got people, we, we know people in Canada, we know people, you know, around the world, like, mm-hmm. where it's like, this is sick. Like we 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 can talk to all these bands. Like when whenever yeah. they're in town, we we you know we can see them and we're like, oh, I actually know that person. I've spoke to them and they're really nice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We are so just gonna live to the toilet, by the way. For two Sorry? seconds, it's gonna talk. It's gonna go to the toilet quickly. Ah, okay, seconds. yeah, that's something you have to do as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been a it it there there was a few <clears throat> positives to it as as shit as that time was. You yeah, know, the, there was a lot of positives that you can you can sort of take from it uh, yeah as well uh, yeah uh, not to really uh for sure take shit for granted right now that gigs have come back to the uk jesus christ i've been going to every pretty much every local show i could do yeah I but they're do. in the uk ever like every restriction is lifted right yeah every single one like um, from nice. one day to another bye <laughs> yeah it, it literally was exactly like that like basically the government like yeah everything's getting list- lifted in the summer everything got lifted in the summer we had like one restriction come back where you had to wear masks indoors and mm. um, they limited the amount of people that could be at a gig but for the most part i mainly only go to really local shows 
So they're like, oh, you can only have five people, 500 people in a room now. It's out. Like, <laughs> there's only 10 people at the local show. Fuck it. It's all right. Like, mm. But yeah, like all restrictions are completely gone now. It's kind of like how we were living pre pandemic. Yeah, bit, it's it's a bit sure. weird to still kind of get used to. But... Well, actually, I'm, I'm like some of the things that, uh, some of the things that were introduced, I'm a fan of. I'm, uh, I would say I'm not. Uh, uh, I, may, I may be talkative like this, but I'm not that much of a social person. Uh, even after mm-hmm. gigs, I sometimes have to take a little moment for myself. It's a bit overwhelming for me to be in a, a, a crowd of yeah, a, a lot of people. Um, so, like for example, the distancing rule. Oh man, it was one of the best things that I've had. Yeah, I completely <laughs> I, agree. I, I, I appreciated that quite a bit. To be fair, right? it's, I've been practicing uh, social distancing for years now, so it's finally caught up with everybody else. <laughs> I, I, oh man, I find it the distancing rule for me was <clears throat> amazing. You know, even things like you know the work at home, less commuting, less travel, fucking amazing. Mm. And but what you say, it's it's true, right? So you see a shift to digital platforms because yeah, we are social animals, I would say. Yeah, mm. but nothing nothing replaces that physical hug when I see Mike after. Uh, I didn't see you, Mike, for what more than a year, I think, one and a half year. You you mean in the Corona break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, you and Bram, I saw after uh, one and a half years actually. Yeah. Then we were recording here the acoustic stuff for the album. And um, Zeno was not here at that point. Um, Zeno, I literally saw after two years again, yeah, in, exactly. from person oh, wow. to person. This and is really long, long, long break of seeing like such a dear friend, you know? It must have been like amazing when you guys were like reunited again. Oh, yeah. we, we always hug it out every time. We're like a, <laughs> oh, yeah. a bro family, really. It's Vanheim is a, a little family and the family has been expanding like... Um, you know, girlfriends have, have kind of became part of the, 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 I would say, family as well. And especially since the Reusspraak video clip recordings, yeah. Bram's girlfriend did a, you know, a huge investment in, in making the uh, time clothing, in making the clothes. Yeah. Uh, Zino's girlfriend, uh, she worked out with, with taking care of the, 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 the girl actor and everything. And, and uh, the decoration, yeah. Decoration. Yeah. And Mike's girlfriend is, uh, did all the, all the choirs and, and extra vocals on the album. Uh, you know, my girlfriend did some calligraphy for the album. So the, the Van Heim family is expanding and growing. And it's been this, yeah, it, it is like, I'm not a very social person. I don't have a lot of friends outside of the band. And it's all I need. Like this band is all the emotional investment I need next to my, my, my partner, of course, but that's, that's it. I don't need more. You know, I cannot spend more time. Everybody's busy. I cannot spend more time on other people. I prefer to have like these three or four people, which, which know me inside out and where I can, you know, can, which I can really talk with. And it also, you know, shows a bit that we've been working on the album has been where it's a bit, difficult to say the album has been we worked on the album for four years but kind of the last year has been where we picked up really the steam and we went into guys we got to fucking finish this album steam train mode and we've been working for two years so a bit two years one half year like only digitally so everything is we have you know skype meetings with the band to go for every topic we have deliverable list it's like a company it's like it is it is really and and It's it's nice to be able to do this, even this podcast, do it digitally, but nothing replaces to, to, to sit at a table with a four and talk shit. 
nothing replaces yeah. that. That will happen someday. We'll make sure of it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, as, as the podcast grows, me and brother are looking into doing more in-person ones. We did our first actual in-person one literally yesterday oh, uh, cool. with a good friend. Um, he, you know, he, he, he does he, he does sort of like, um, like he used to be in hardcore bands. Now he's kind of switched to rap, but he has a lot of the influence from hardcore into his, in, into his rap music and has a lot of dark themes. So he really does kind of like fit the podcast in like what we want to strive for. Any, mm-hmm. you know, musician, any platform, you know, come on, you know, um, and start. So we did our first, first sort of in-person one. Um, the, uh, is you know, like the people that he works with for his music and all that were kind enough to like let us lend their studio for the afternoon, mm-hmm. um, which was really, really nice, nice of them. Because considering, you know, that that's mm. a big chunk of money that they're going, yeah, you know, for free, we you can have yeah. the studio like so like as that's gone on like as we did that interview we noticed that it's just it's so much better being in person because you yeah. can really yeah. bounce off of each other a lot better i feel yeah um so as the podcast kind of grows we're, we're trying to aim to see if we can get like some kind of permanent studio like somewhere where it's like when bands are in, on time like oh just nip down here you know like we'll, we'll do the interview now all right so that's one thing that we're looking at in the future we're just hoping yeah, so people if, actually subscribe to our Patreon so we can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if you guys are like ever in the UK, we'll definitely have to sort something out when you when you come back again. So oh, yeah. I, yeah, man. I, I mean, it's, it's not, in. It's not uh, if you come back, it's when we come back. Uh, yes. Yeah. We are, we are trying <laughs> exactly. and pushing every button we, we have and can. So um, like I said, the hopefully logical step would be to one day play Bloodstock. Um, I think we... Uh, with I think with the release of this album, we can be on the level where we could play a festival like that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this album is the next step for the band, uh, the next prof- more professional step for the band. Um, and yeah, like I said, the UK was it's amazing. We want to come back. Uh, we want to play everywhere in the world, but the UK has been up till now uh, where we had the the more the most positive experience i would say let's say uh, i would say say the uk has already a very special place uh, in our hearts oh yeah definitely also what's what's the next uh, the the next step after playing bloodstock you know i'm just thinking about it i mean uh, the only one really really big festival is download is that still a a thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, what's happening uh, this year i'm gonna i think i'm sadly i'm gonna have to give it a miss which is me and brother on about going to Budapest. So oh. they're like, well, I haven't left the country since 2006. So <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to Budapest. <laughs> I'm choosing yeah. that option. Do it, man. So, I mean, uh, download will also be the next year then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Maybe a double army next year. All the restrictions are gone now. So, you know, like, it's kind of like we get gigs back again. So it's, mm. it's really great having that sort of privilege to be able to see live music and support venues and uh, because we had we had so many good venues kind of shut down because of covid yeah yeah um but the the ones that are still open i mean we're looking at some some of them especially for me and brad are our favorites like boom yeah um that is that's my favorite venue that's where my band recorded our uh first track in Mm. upstairs in in the venue Mm. um so that has a very very special like sort of place. So if you're ever in the UK, try to book Boom because honestly, those guys deserve every penny they get because it is DIY, 
you know everyone that works there are really passionate about the scene and everything like that so if you ever do play the, uh, the uk again please come to boom because it is yeah one of listen the leads it's not too far from sheffield and it's five minutes away from where i live so i can just roll out of bed into this gig and then roll back after <laughs> nice it sounds very good actually <laughs> it goes, it goes on, on, the, on the mic list mike has a list yeah. of all the possible venues and uh all that oh yeah stuff. that's all right honestly so i want to get i want to get into like venue. I want to get into you guys' personalities then. So we talked about band behind the band. We talked about the gigs you played. Mm. What about you guys? What what hobbies and interests do you guys do when you when you're not in Van Heim doing the band stuff? Like what what are you doing? What what interests you? That's very easy. Nothing. <laughs> we only, <laughs> only do Van Heim. <laughs> uh, Mike, you start off. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, some years ago i started uh, sound engineering for for bands it's uh, kind of started as a hobby but um, i'm also already you know earning a little bit of money with it and um, this is still still going on i mean over the last months uh, i didn't really have time for it because we were finishing up the vanaheim album that's where every one of us really had to put everything aside to actually make it happen to release this album but um i will probably soon pick it up again you know mixing for bands um i still have uh, one band from canada in the row which i also mixed uh, earlier and then i still have to finish uh, one album with a band from chile actually oh it's not finished yet no, it's not finished yet. Oh, you okay, know, okay. they they were going into the studio and then Corona happened, so they yeah, only recorded yeah. three songs. So that's still left then. But yeah, if, I mean, otherwise, I don't know. Just listening music, playing music, whatever. I mean, music is basically my life. I have nothing else. <laughs> Would you sound engineer for Vanaheim then? Well, uh, yeah. For the first the the first EP, I mixed and mastered. Uh, for this new album. Uh, it was in discussion that I also do it, but at some point I said it, but um, the other members as well, uh, it would be too big for me, actually, because I still have a normal day job, you know, and when you have su- such a massive album um, to to mix and to master, that really takes too much time for me to, to finish it in a, a reasonable amount of, uh, of time. Because um, when I f- reflect on it, if I would have done it, it oh, would, man, no. yeah, it would probably come out in uh, 2025. I don't know. Okay. You know, because, <laughs> just because I cannot handle the workload next to my day job. And even, even the, the, our producer or ad mixer, he, he is a, a he's a professional. Yeah. Uh, Joost van der Broek from Sandlane Studios. It's a well-renowned studio, a well-renowned person. He knows his stuff and, even he had difficulties with our album at one point. So, you know, cannot imagine how it would be if yeah, if you did it, Mike. But you did uh, mix and master the Focastro? No, not not master. So um, okay. for, for the people who don't know, um, our new album will contain two CDs. One CD of uh, the album is just the usual normal album, you know, with a metal band and orchestra in the background. But um, the orchestration is so detailed that we actually thought it would be a waste to not show this to people. So we made a second CD where you basically have the orchestrations of the album and no um, no band instruments. That means yeah, no folk drums. instruments are on there. Yeah, a few folk instruments, but you know, this is why we also called it Folkestra. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I mixed the second CD 
in the time that I had. And then it was also mastered like um, the first CD of the album, the normal CD. Uh, it was all mastered by uh, Mika Yusila. Um, people who actually love uh, Finnish metal might know his name because uh, he basically masters everything from Finland. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. yeah, he's a legend. But yeah, I, I mixed the uh, orchestration version of the album, but uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, and for me, if, uh, I, I can be very quick in this. I'm a massive fucking nerd. Uh, I don't have enough time to game uh, as much as I would like. I you don't really see it, I think. But I have a couple of uh, thousands of euros of magic cards in the background. Uh, I play Magic oh, wow. the Gathering, so that's uh, nerd number one. I am addicted <laughs> to anime. That's nerd number two. Um, <laughs> I have a, a photographic memory when it comes to movies and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but I have my other memory is like goldfish, you know. Um, I'm a, a <laughs> nice, massive. Nice, nice description. <laughs> it's like it. I'm a massive movie lover, um, and and that um, I play music for Vanheim, and that's it. Uh, I don't really want to have an extra band or something you know, all my attention goes into von Heim. um so yeah uh, when i am not uh, uh doing my it job i try to relax a bit and uh, enjoy nature I do a lot of walks uh, a lot of oh yeah same, same here by the way yeah, exactly oh, yeah. Yeah. um I watch a lot of anime even though lately yeah cannot really find something that interests me a lot even though it's hard to find good a good anime to be honest yes like, exactly. it's very very hit and miss for sure yeah 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 especially nowadays when every studio poops out 10 a season um so and mm. um, yeah that that's it actually that's it <laughs> no Not that's much. pretty cool i mean to be honest me and nathan are massive nerds anyway we both love gaming both love movies i mean after this me and my girlfriend are probably gonna play pokemon for a bit so i'll finish off tonight nicely nice 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 yeah i feel as well like obviously because we both work we both work in it i feel like you need that walk after like because like it is such a stressful fucking like job like because i i'm second line but i'm still kind of on phones and and stuff like that so like sometimes you know you have like a few frustrating calls through the week that just build up so you're like you know what i'm just gonna go see some trees yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> just very, get, get myself out of mindset i'm <laughs> very happy i'm not in uh, I, I don't have to do uh, any first second or first line support um i do my i, I specialize in uh integrations i'm a it mm. architect so people would describe it i basically connect applications and systems to each other and yeah as we are like the middleman we are always the party that gets all the shit flinged at them because yeah we are in the middle we connect stuff so it's probably your problem <laughs> so yeah uh, sometimes you need some zen relax moments i've picked up reading uh, lately it's actually this is probably what i'm reading now it's probably the third or fourth book i've ever read in my life so i'm very slow but uh, i try to what you say it's true it is a stressful job it's mentally it's exhausting uh Sometimes, you know, when you come home from work, you're just a potato. I would love to have a physical job sometimes. Like, mm. uh, really, really, uh, I do. Uh, I try to do workout and fitness now three to four times a week just to do something physically. 
because uh, you can do your mental gymnastics here, but your body, it's just, it goes into potato mode. It's, it's horrible, really horrible. Mm. Oh, yeah. I find that now I avoid talking on the phone as much as like humanly possible. Because uh, like when people are like, how come you never answer your phone? It's like, because I'm on the phone for eight hours a day oh, fuck, man. talking it's... to strangers. What are you talking about? You call me like five times a day. Yeah, but that's different because like it's to do with the podcast, <laughs> and I okay, prefer okay. to like get you like. Well, for me, for me to actually, my 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 girlfriend actually, we were on. I got a some like kind of a recent eye opener some some months ago. We were on a, a little weekend away, uh, in this beautiful little apartment in nature, and she says, "Yeah, um, can you try to just not have your phone for just four days?" just check only crucial stuff. So I put some rules on it that if my mother sends me something, she has bad health, then I know that it's her and I can respond Mm. Uh, to my job. I said, nope. Um, (laughs) And I just closed all lines of communication and even to the band. And after these four days, I, I felt, I felt like a new person Uh, seriously. So now, now I try to use less and less my phone, even on social media. I only have Facebook because we chat on it with the band. And to spam Vanheim, if I didn't have it, I would delete Facebook and all that social media stuff. But I get complaints from my customers because I don't pick my phone up. I just don't care about my phone anymore. Sometimes it, it's lost. It's in the toilet or something. Um, <laughs> it's been a huge eye-opener for me. It's um, oh, yeah. oh, man, it's it's so nice to not be constantly connected and um because my, my girlfriend is almost never on her phone she's someone that that turns off her internet on her phone well most people will be like oh, what the fuck but yeah uh, she just turns off the internet and turns it on when she needs to check i don't know if she has new messages or something then she looks it's not important internet off phone gone and I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, no. But now I've been a bit more online because of the band, because of the release. But yeah, it's 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 in a corner now here, but normally it will be in the back in the kitchen and I will not touch it. I use it as yeah. an alarm and that's it. Definitely. It's absolutely refreshing to do, to be honest. Like, you know, sometimes you just get so caught up in it and you sort of miss what's going on around you for sure. Well, um, no, definitely. Every application, everything is trying to get your attention. It's it's when you're in IT and you know how the the applications are built. Um, I I've also did some uh, custom software development for some platforms where they make certain algorithms and things that are coded to try to get your attention, to make you click on stuff, to keep you invested in the album. You, I recently saw a documentary about uh, how the icons on your phone are, are are basically made and how every minuscule message or notification in your phone has been thought out by studies and research. Yeah, to it's like the, the, um, the guy that sort of came up with like how Facebook just delivers the messages oh, just did it by just going, oh, if I, I found, if I just put this person's tagged you in a photo, but didn't show you the photo, even though exactly. I put in the notification, yeah, it made you want to open the app. Like, yeah. it's just simply because they're like, we can Crazy. show you the photo, but we won't because you go, exactly. all right, well, what photo was it? And then like, before you and know you're it, caught. Like, oh, then you're trapped. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, then they see their comment on, you know, the person who tagged you just comment on it. And it's like, oh, he comments back. And then it, before they know it, they're on, they're on the like Facebook yep. for a good like 20 minutes. Yep. And it's like, oh, what's what else can we throw? Isn't that about cat food? You need cat food, don't you? There you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, since I stopped using my phone, I have so much more time. 
really it's yeah. it's a so so i i'm still like on sites like reddit i'm i'm on it a lot uh out of there's some subreddits i follow and stuff just but it's not like it's i think it's also social media but it's different it's just messages i can basically stop it when i want but i i i agree like on a facebook you have this attraction to it you keep scrolling you see people endlessly scrolling like is yeah. it so important yep. to know that your neighbor has like his cat shit out i don't know your key or something like what does this information enrich your life right it's it, it's, it's always just, like yeah. a lot of people base like their uh the sort of like their bearing in society as well as like how they're doing in their life based on someone that's they don't know you know yeah. someone that they follow it's like well this guy has a mansion it's like that guy's dad's also a millionaire exactly you know, like, <laughs> he's an like, uh, yeah. banker and yeah but and and even though i have uh, uh, uh i don't like social media the only reason why we are here as a band and talking to you guys now and it is social it's media it, yeah right it's so, a gift yeah. and a curse definitely it's a, is. exactly it's a gift and a curse and and you know facebook has been and also instagram right now it's it's been a blessing for for bands like going back to the old myspace days holy fuck that was shit and, and <laughs> myspace oh my you god know, <laughs> and now this this it's a blessing and a curse so for for us as a band it's extremely useful to reach crowds of people no to promote our right. stuff and everything but to personally be on it i'm like oh, fuck i have to do yeah. this again like yeah the, the thing is you um as a band nowadays you really have to have social media otherwise there is no way of getting i don't know some attention yeah yeah like, you kind of have to become like a marketing expert like yeah like, okay well what what will entice our viewers like our viewers our listeners and it's like you, ha- you end up having to become basically a businessman yeah. just to yeah. push music yeah absolutely man absolutely we, we also with the band uh, we kind of double check uh we don't have access to the algorithms of facebook but we check we even analyze our posts to see what works what's suppressed we know certain things we have to do on Facebook to make our posts stand out more to not be kicked down by the algorithm. Mm. It's it's crazy. You have to go that far, right? It's yeah. It's what you have to do though, isn't it? Like that's the crazy thing. Like you have no choice but to see that because it's the only way that your post can improve over time. Yeah. So yep. it's it's a weird, it's a weird time for sure. Um but yeah, we're sort of getting to the end point of the interview now. But one point that we always like to leave on is what advice would he give? to younger selves and what advice would he give to new musicians starting out how long do we have (laughs) (laughs) as long as you want man you take your time don't worry to my younger self um stop death metal earlier Mm -hmm. um uh, even though it has been a i would say a roadmap to where it leads now and it has been very important important in my development as a I would say somewhat mediocre guitar player. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, you know, I know I cannot trade it in for something else because if I didn't do it, I would not be here, but it would be something that, you know, if I could tell myself a, you know, take a bit care there, then I would do that. Um, I, what more, you know, to starting musicians and, and people starting to to try to be a band is just enjoy it and and try to 
it's very important that you make music with people that you actually bond with and connect with on a on a really deep emotional level and and don't don't expect to to be rich don't expect to be big because uh, the music industry tries to uh, it's it's difficult there's so much competition i always try to compare it with uh bandcamp or soundcloud rappers for example there's Mm, so much competition and you have to be very unique to stand out and it's the same with with metal bands you're already like in a a genre where it can be kind of difficult to to get attention it can be difficult to get gigs it but just enjoy it do it for yourself as a passion and a hobby do it with people you emotionally invest with and yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it's a bit stupid to say, but uh, I'm with with Van Heim. I'm I'm literally in like a utopia. I'm, I I, you know, this band is literally perfection for me. How we communicate with each other, how we bond on a personal level, how we our ways of thinking. Like I've never been in a band or a group of people that are so like-minded. That's it's it's scary. It's and. <laughs> try to look for that it's it's difficult but it will make everything so much more enjoyable and just enjoy it have fun don't don't expect to be famous in one year because even after uh, eight years uh, you know it's it's difficult yeah but i i don't know it's 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 a loaded and difficult question to really answer uh yeah what i if i would start again today would I do it the same way or different? I don't know. It's. I would maybe more go for a. Uh, I would, I would do it more DIY. We already did, mm-hmm. but maybe even more. And uh, you know, a lot of bands nowadays are not even bands anymore. They're just online projects and they work out fantastically and they have no barriers. They have nothing. And, you know, maybe start off like this or, and see, get a bit of a taste of, does it work? Uh, It doesn't work. Try to find a bit a niche or your style and, you know, try to, Try to not be that 8,000 gent band uh, because there's already 8,000 of them or more. Uh, don't try to be that, 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 you know, copy, paste, and repeat. Yeah. That's it. Definitely. I agree. Definitely. Mike. Yeah. <sighs> like an advice for my younger self? I don't know. I would, I think I would 100% do everything again like I did because. Um, when I started making music, you know, playing bass guitar and all this combined, this was basically a world opener for me because before I actually didn't know what to do with myself. I mean, I had hobbies, blah, 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 but everything was still, you know, very easy and chill. And yeah, I will see what I will do tomorrow. You know the story. But when I started making music and, uh, you know, getting into bands and playing bass guitar and uh, singing, whatever, like my life changed completely like i since starting with music i met so many wonderful people that i really oh, yeah. call my my dearest friends i uh, through music and i um 
I met my girlfriend, my, my girlfriend nowadays. Um, this even had an influence on my uh, job decision, uh, what I will do as a full-time job, you know, and all this stuff, it completely changed my life to the positive, absolutely. So I would uh, definitely do it again. Um, and uh, advice for people that are starting out, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I even can do that because uh, we are still so young ourselves. Yes, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mostly agree to what Michael said. Uh, if you do music, um, do it with passion, do it with fun, because that's the fundamental of it all. I mean, of course, you do music because it's fun. Uh, it yeah. does. It will probably not work out uh, or you will lose interest if you just do it for, I don't know, some stupid other reason. Cloud of fame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if people are still trying to do it for, for fame. I, I cannot imagine, uh, honestly. But um, yeah, have fun, do it with passion. Uh, exactly, find the, the people, the like-minded people who have the same vision. And this alone is already hard enough. Yeah. Finding the right people. I mean, I guess everyone who has been in a band at some point knows this. At some point, there, there will be just, I don't know, something that makes people go out of the band or if they lose interest whatever and this is hard enough already so if you find the right people that have the same vision then it really depends on how far you want to go and what is your goal in making music or playing in a band i mean if you really want to do it professionally one day there's in yeah, I would say there's no other choice than going the full way and going absolutely into it um, with everything you have. You should not you should not put everything on one card. Like uh, like it when it doesn't work out like you expected, you're going to waste basically. So this should not happen. But I mean, if you really want to satisfy yourself with um, with goals or aims you have set for yourself that you want to reach with your band and your music, you really have to go in fully with it and with everything you have, because probably otherwise it will not work out. Some people are lucky, but that's a rare occasion. So yeah. I think it's have fun, uh, do it with passion and really work for it. And if I can kind of add a, I would not say a bit of an optional one, but I think also one that contributes a lot like find or at least hopefully have a partner that um understands what you are doing so yeah. if <laughs> yeah. you are uh, seriously you know yeah. I, I am it's the true. luckiest it's true. i'm the luckiest guy on the planet with my partner she's also in a band she's a professional musician she knows exactly how it is to go away for so she has toured with her band uh, for three weeks in a row. She went to Japan, she did Europe, you know, and, and that's, that's super amazing. Have a partner that understands the stuff. And because, you know, when you get to the point, like where you go away for your first weekend and it, she doesn't vibe or he doesn't vibe with it, it's, mm -hmm. it will be horrible and it will influence yeah. your personality and your decision-making in a band. So I, I can, you know, we all in the band as well can be the luckiest guys in the world because we all have partners and girlfriends that fully support it and yeah, we are. music themselves or, you know, know the adventure. And this, I think, is also 
I think very important. If you have someone, for example, with my first band, I had a girlfriend at the time who was not very supportive of it, was a very jealous person. And I went away for three or four days. It would be hell when I get back home. Well, that doesn't that doesn't really help. Or when you check your phone yet, you have six messages. Oh, have you cheated already? Stuff like that. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? Yeah. yeah. Get a partner that's supportive in your music, knows what might happen if you get to a certain point when you are away for one day, two day, three day, four day, five day, that knows that you are gone for some evenings to do rehearsals, to write music and to fix shit with your band. Mm, and yeah really really check that out as well because I, i've i've heard seen so many times bands breaking up because of this people stopping music because of this and that's that's you know music is for me and for mike as well it's our you know our our bright light it's our passion it's it's our daily bread without yes. we cannot yeah. live <laughs> exactly so try to find someone in your life if you want to share your life with someone that they understand that and that's i think very very important as well Definitely. I, I really like i really gravitate towards that because my partner she's uh very supportive of everything i i do she she like whenever i do the podcast you know if it's on a night you know there's never any argument where it's like oh but i really want to watch a movie tonight you know it's like mm. i know but this is this is one of my passions i i really want to do this we've also spoke we've also banned stuff it's like say if i need to talk if, if we want to go on tour mm. you know i might be away for like a couple of weeks how would you feel about that? And she's always like, I mean, I'd miss you, but it's what you want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, nice. it's, it's That's great having point. having yeah. that point, like, anchor, but it's then like, I know, I, you know, I know that, you know, that's what you want to do and I'm going to support that, even though, like, you know, I might miss you, but it's what you want to do. And I know you do the same other way around. It's just, it's a nice feeling to yes. be able to be in that sort of stable environment where you're like, oh, so I, I can just kind of go away for a couple of weeks and I'm not going to like what Michael said, get like a bunch of messages being like, have you cheated on me yet? It happens. So like your relationship should be based on trust and everything. Also your band, it should, it's, it's your, your band is your second relationship in life. Your partner should know. Uh, oh, yeah, I, exactly. I also gravitate this is to the like, most what, important what, thing. What Michael said about, you know, do it more DIY, you know, like, cause we're getting a lot of more bedroom bands popping up and mm. I've kind of gravitated to that more with, with music. Me and the guitarist from my old band, um, Jordan, now he just comes around to my house. We sit at my house and we demo everything out rather than having a full band because it's amazingly easier to, yeah. to organize two people's lives than just mm -hmm. like five. So it's just been that's what it's been doing. And I, I always have like a super tight drummer on standby behind me. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's it's perfect. I have a, a, a tight <laughs> bass player on standby, also in this Zoom call, but also in this little box I have in my computer. It's just yeah, easy, thank yeah. you, thank your, you. easy to get your ideas on, on on I would say paper nowadays. You know, just oh definitely like as well like from being in bands like for years. Uh, we've been like I've known Jordan for like four years. You know, started in a really shitty slam band <laughs> and like just kind of carried on. Like me and him were the only ones that clicked out of every band that we started. And then uh, we started Ray and I's. Everyone loved each other. We just, everyone just didn't have time for it. Mm. Um, but me and John were still like, you're still up for doing shit. And we've got years of material that we just sat on. So I'm pretty happy that at the moment the EP we're writing on is like halfway done. 
Yes. It's just like pretty much just putting all the finishing touches there. So well, a lot of you know, it's a lot. E- it's a lot easier. There's two. I just you know you can just message them and go. You free Sunday? Yeah, I'm free Sunday. You wanna come round to mine? Yeah, I'll come round. And you just spend an entire day demoing, and it's just yeah. so much easier. That's a lot a of, fun, so man. much nicer. A lot yeah. of bands do this nowadays, yeah? and, and why not? It's you know, look at a band like I'm. I'm a big fan of the band uh, Slaughter to Prevail. It's uh, oh, fuck, uh, I love them. Yeah, yeah. they've got oh, members man. like their guitar, <laughs> their lead guitarist is over it's here in the, in the UK. UK. Yeah, and the rest are in Russia, but they yeah. still make it work because exactly. Just so Jack we'll Simmons out here, yeah, like. Jack Simmons just makes the ideas there. He sends it to uh, to their vocalist Alex, and uh, he he does the devil uh, growl on it, and bam, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. how it works. Magic happens. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it just opens up so many doors. Like, where it's like, you know, once you got those demos done, it's like, who's to say you have to find a studio in the UK? You can mm-hmm. just go. Well, this guy in like Sweden is really good at mixing. There you go. I've emailed him the full yeah. EP. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what we did. Right. That's what we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, it's so right. much easier. No, well, I think you guys have raised some valid points and advice, and I think people should take that on board. And the main thing, definitely, it's all about the passion and supporting people around you. And I think no matter what you do, if you're passionate about something, then that should always be the surrounding features for it. Um, but thank you so much, guys. It's been an honestly an amazing interview. As soon as I saw you guys at HH, I was like, I want these guys on. We need to get something <laughs> organized. And, you know, I can't wait for you guys to return to the UK. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing show. And uh, I'll be there for sure. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah, hey, uh, I mean, thank you for having us. It was uh, absolutely fun to do this. I mean, I have to say, this is the first podcast we've ever done. Yeah, really? interviews we've yes. done, but Thank podcasts, you. this is the first one. So you took our podcast virginity away. Uh, <laughs> How was it? Did you enjoy it? Happy you know? to do it. I, yeah, I would say that my first time was very enjoyable. Yes. Thank yeah, you I mean, you you two are very cool dudes. It's uh, absolutely fun to talk with you uh, and to, I don't know, nerd out about, about some stuff, you know. Also grabbing some memories uh, out of our brains from from the UK, whatever. It just, yeah, it was absolutely fun. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. It was honestly a pleasure. And to be honest, like, you you guys are really great. Like, you totally drove the conversation. Like, me and Nathan could just take a back seat. And, like, we had a few questions prepared, but you guys have smashed it all out without even having to ask them. So It it is very very refreshing having that, where it's like, where we can just sort of go, right, Go. And the conversation just yeah. is, is there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Natural. Like I said, um, I can talk shit for hours. So <laughs> it's, it's, that, that's like the thing. That. That's that's what we always look for with guests. Why? Right? Well, as soon as they go, I'll oh, stop me if I go on. We're like, just go, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it makes this whole thing easier for us. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Thank you very much yeah. for having. Wish us you the and, best. Uh, yes, and and hopefully, blood stock. You know. Yeah, Notice we'll make us. it happen. Also, guys, good luck with your podcast. Exactly. I mean, Thank you're you. doing Thank a great you job. And what, what? I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, what you guys have in store next. Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, like we're, we're looking forward to dropping this. To be fair, I think it'll be the week after your your album drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll make sure we'll link up, obviously, the album, everything. On yeah, thank like, you. you know, on the on the post on on the description on YouTube, just try to get as many people to it. Thank awesome. you very much, Yes, yeah. thank you. Enjoy the album release. You guys worked hard for it, so I'm sure it'll be a nice payoff when it comes out. And I'm looking forward to listening to it. 
Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, buy a very here. expensive bottle of whiskey and pull it open when it's out. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You deserve it, man. You really oh, do. Man. I don't know what Mike's gonna do. Oh yeah, there it is. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Might have to get it on vinyl to be fair. If you guys have got uh, a vinyl going. <laughs> not yet, but we are we are we are kind of measuring the interest in it. So we've got yeah, okay. a shit ton of requests for it. We are we are checking it, but you have you know you need to, to take like immediately like 100 and stuff like that. And vinyl mm. is a bit more expensive. We are looking at the shipping because the shipping of a vinyl is, is it's hell. Um, yeah. But we are we are looking into doing vinyl because the artwork uh it it you know it, it needs a vinyl. It does, um, it really does. <laughs> but we, we are looking at the options. We've been getting the question actually quite a lot. <laughs> no, absolutely. But yeah, thank you so much. Um, can't wait to see you guys soon and take care. Thank you.